The following is the English translation of Pastor Mon Wu's teaching on the book of Leviticus, chapter 5 to 6, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. So today, let's read Leviticus chapter 5 to 6. In chapter 5, it's talking about six things that seem to be small, but God actually see them as sin. And you might feel like, well, are these six things really that serious? Why does God care so much even for such a small thing? Actually, we want to see that God actually cares about whether or not we can live out His glory because He truly wants His life, His abundance, glory, and power can be fully manifested in our life. So here in the book of Leviticus, the first calling is to tell us through these five offerings to bring us back into our glorious and dignified identity. So here in chapter 5, there are six small things is to remind us how can we notice these things and then through God's grace, we can have a true repentance and pray in front of the Lord. Through every single repentance, through a true adjustment in our habit, then we can live out God's glorious image and we can manifest His power in our life. So here from verse 1 to 4, it talks about four small things. The first small thing is to not doing what you are supposed to do or not saying what you are supposed to say. And God says this is sin. Though He is a witness, whether He has sinned or come to know the matter, yet does not speak, he shall bear his iniquity. And the second thing in verse 2, if anyone touches an unclean thing, whether a carcass of an unclean wild animal or a carcass of unclean livestock or a carcass of unclean swarming things or it, and it's hidden from him and he has become unclean and he realizes his guilt. So even though originally he doesn't know it, he doesn't know that he's touching these dead things, but there is still sin. And the third thing, if he touches human uncleanness and is hidden from him when he comes to know it and realizes his guilt. So it's very special. Even when you don't know it, you still sin against God. And when you know it, you have to repent in front of the Lord for the guilt. And the fourth thing is if anyone utters with his lips a rash oath to do evil or to do good, any sort of rash oath that Paul swear and it is hidden from him when he comes to know it and he realizes his guilt in any of these. So any sort of rash oath is counted a sin. So how does these four small things to be connected to our life? Actually, the first thing you didn't say what you are supposed to say, you didn't do what you are supposed to do. Actually, it's very common in our everyday life. So I know that I have to pray, but I didn't actually pray every day. I know that I should love one another, but some person, I just don't like them. Bible says that we should forgive one another, but sometimes, oh, maybe someone sinned against me, hurt me. I still can't forgive them. All these things that I should do, but I did not do. All the things I should say, but I did not say. I know that I'm supposed to share gospel. I know that I should intercede for others. I know that I should offer out more. I know that I should give more donations. All these things, if you don't do it, then it's also counted as sin. You have to repent. And the second thing, when you touch the dead, unclean thing, in the Old Testament, it's really talking about touching the dead carcasses, touching those unclean, touching the dead thing. However, in the New Testament era, you might feel that, oh, it's not easy for us to touch the carcasses nowadays. But actually, the second thing is even more common for nowadays Christian to sin against God. Because in the Bible, it says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. So many of the time we are setting our mind on 
our flesh. So, oh, I can just watch pornography. It's fine. I just spend more time on my social media. Maybe I'm just gossiping or I have some ill temper. I just have an emotional lash out. Oh, it's fine. But all those things, they are setting our mind on the flesh and it is death. So here, death is not talking about perishing, but death, it means my relationship with God, my fellowship, this connection with the Lord is broken. And this is sin and it's hidden from from him and he has become unclean and he realizes his guilt. What does that mean? Sometimes God will wait for us. Maybe there are some bad habits that we have for so many years, this kind of mold, how we interact with others. One day, suddenly there's a conviction from the Holy Spirit, or maybe there's a teaching from a sermon, or maybe I listen to the inner life and I realize that, oh my God, I never know that it's actually counted a sin. So I start to have repentance. You know, God really, he has a lot of patience for us. He's waiting for us until our life finally become more mature. Our spiritual man grows up. Then he will start to convict us to have this revelation through the Bible, through the sermon, and to, to tell us that this is actually sin. So I can start to repent. In the past, oh, I always like to have some emotional outbursts, or maybe I just like to have a lot of fantasy, or maybe I was offended in the past. I have a very chaotic emotion, or I didn't take care of my body well. All these things things are setting our mind on the flesh and all these things we have to bring in from the Lord. And the third small thing about touching human uncleanness. So what does it mean to touch human uncleanness? It actually means when you acknowledge other people's value system. Like for example, you acknowledge other people's gossiping, being judgmental. Oh, let me tell you, this guy is like this. Oh, that guy is like that. Oh, the government is terrible and the churches, whatever. And you maybe you just overheard it and then you just don't understand it and you oh yeah 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 and you acknowledge their value system or maybe you acknowledge people's pursuit of money or you agree with all the immorality oh nowadays all the undergrads they just have this um, premarital sex and they live together before they get married it's very common oh you know everyone wants to have a little bit more money and I acknowledge those kind of thoughts all these things are touching human uncleanness so even these things it's counted as sin it's because this generation and they live under the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but we are supposed to live on the path of the tree of life. So sometimes when we acknowledge other people's value system, or maybe you ju I just love to read those metaphysics, fortune telling, or I sometimes I just listen to a lot of the value system nowadays, or oh, how the famous people say, the successful people say, oh, maybe the thing that I said, oh, it seems pretty reasonable. It seems um, there are some moral in it. Or maybe some teaching um, education way. It's pretty good to be like a tiger dad or a tiger mom, and then or maybe you acknowledge that to have this fierce internal competition with your cohort. And I acknowledge them. All these things are touching human uncleanness, and so we also have to come in front of the Lord for these things. And the fourth small thing is swearing a rash oath, either to do good or do evil. Oh uh, yeah, this thing sounds good. Yeah, I promise that I can do that. You swear it. Even for doing good things, if I swear 
and rash, then this is also counted as sin. Then you might feel like, oh my gosh, how come God you care so much about all these small things? Then how could I live my everyday life? Actually, these four things is reminding us that we should not live in the kingdom of the world. We should live in the kingdom of God. We should live in the kingdom of priests. And this is the first calling that God has for us. So Leviticus chapter 1 to 7, this is the first calling that we have to live in an image of the God's kingdom. Sometimes we are so used to the worldly kingdom, we are so used to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so we don't even feel that these four things are called sin. But here God is telling us that these four things, it will impact the glory that God ha can have on us. And these four things, it will impact that I can bring you into my calling to really manifest my power in you. It will be a great hindrance to my blessing. So God, he's very passionate. He doesn't want this sins to hinder us. He don't want this sins to be on us. So we have to make repentance through the guilt offering that all this sin can be taken away and we can go back to God's glory. You have to see God's heart behind it. So here verse 5, it says, when he realizes his guilt in any of these and confesses the sin he has committed is to try to help us, to save us from the trouble in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve, they were just blaming each other and we are pretty good at shirking our responsibility. Oh, I haven't sinned. This is not sin. Is that that serious so you know god says repenting sometimes the repentance is to save us to from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil save us from the bondage on the earth so that we can live out god's powerful glory and he's not trying to convict you he's not trying to condemn you but instead he's wanting to transform your perspective to god's perspective so today when you are repenting it's not saying that oh you are such an awful person but it's to want you to acknowledge that say lord i don't want to live this kind of life. I want to live a godly lifestyle. I need to have a breakthrough. I need to have a transformation. I need to be saved. And this is the meaning of true repentance. So from verse 6 to verse 10, it says he has to offer a guilt offering. He shall bring to the Lord as his compensation for the sin that he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a goat for a sin offering. But if he cannot afford the lamb, then he shall bring to the Lord as his compensation for the sin that he has committed. Two turtle doves or two pigeon. So if you offer up one lamb, then it's counted as a guilt offering, then it's compensated. However, if you only offer up birds, then you have to give two. And one is for the sin offering and the other one is for the burnt offering. So later on, we will explain why you only need one lamb, but you need two birds to do the same thing. But if he still cannot afford two turtle doves or two pigeons, then fine flour is also okay. So you can see that God really cares about all these small things. He doesn't want us to be taken lightly or make it casual because he is fully righteous and pure and holy. So he cares about all these things. So today, if Holy Spirit convicts you anything that the things that you should say, but you didn't say the thing that you should do, but you didn't do, or maybe God convicts you, oh, today I touched something that is that I start to uh, set my mind on my flesh. I start to care about my face. I start to try to avoid interaction with others because I don't want to be sinned against. I don't want to be hurt. Or maybe today I acknowledge other people's uncleanness. I acknowledge uh, their value system from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I acknowledge the value from the worldly kingdom, the kingdom that is leaning towards to destruction. I acknowledge that. Or maybe I made an oath out of rash today. 
right? I make judgment by myself. Oh, this is good. This is bad. Oh, I'm just trying to decision based on myself. I make a rash promise and say, yeah, good, good, good. But I never asked the Lord beforehand. So all these four things is to tell us that we have to come to the Lord always. And so here we have to offer up the guilt offering. And this guilt offering is that through repentance and prayer that we can access the precious blood of Jesus and have his precious blood to cleanse us, to transform our person. Perspective. So today you can really pray like this, Lord, may you transform my perspective, my value system, how I use my time, and to remind me the day when I'm on earth, I'm actually just a sojourner. I don't want to live on earth as if it is eternity. Even if you don't have the ability, you have to offer up your fine flower, then God will cleanse you. And next in verse 14 to 16 is to tell us the fifth thing, if anyone commits a breach of faith and sin unintentionally, in any of the holy things of the Lord. So what does it mean to sin against about the holy things of the Lord? Then if you read it carefully, you will see that if you commit a breach in any of the holy things of the Lord, he shall also make restitution for what he has done amiss in the holy thing and shall add a fifth to it and give it to the priest. So here it's not just uh, acknowledging your sin. It's not just offering up the lamb and the pigeon, but you also have to make additional restitution, one-fifth of it. So you can see God really cares about these things. Maybe in your interpersonal relationship in your life, you wronged others. God says you have to make restitution for additional one-fifth. Or maybe you sin against the holy thing. Sometimes it means that, oh, I forgot to tithe. Or maybe the church has some lacking, but I did not provide. Or maybe I in my services, I take it very lightly, or maybe from Monday to Saturday, I live a lifestyle of sin, but when on Sunday, I try to engage in the serving, and then in my serving, I use my own judgment, I use my experience, and then maybe you when others try to correct you, you say, ah, don't, don't bother me. Don't try to correct me. You know, sometimes the longer we serve, our old self become bigger and bigger and our wine skin become old. And maybe we might even feel that, oh, all the services, it can just according do according to SLP. Everyone is doing good. So don't have any opinion. All these things are actually sinning against the holy thing. So here, not only you should repent, but you also need to make restitution and this restitution Institution is to make an additional one-fifth of the death that you have to the church, to the people. Maybe it's about money, maybe it's an apology, or maybe it's to try to restore a union relationship with others. All these things, you have to pay the price. And the sixth thing from verse 17 to 19, if anyone sins doing any of the thing that by the Lord's commandment ought not to be done, though he did not know it, then realizes his guilt, he shall bear his iniquity. And this is the guilt offering. So here God says you shall not do, but you do it. And maybe you say, oh, I don't know. But if now you know, then you have to acknowledge, you have to repent. So from these six things, you can see that God is really patient. Maybe sometimes we don't know it. Maybe we sin, but he's willing to wait until we mature. And then through the repentance, maybe this repentance is for my wrongdoing five years ago, 10 years ago. And then God just convict you today. Maybe in the past 20 years, all your attitude to your spouses, to your children, or maybe back in 20 years ago when I was still a student, when I just started working, my attitude in 
at school, my attitude in my job, or maybe my attitude to the people at church. Maybe I hurt someone. Today, God have this revelation, this conviction to you that I truly repent. God is pleased about that. God is waiting. He wants us to know all these things. We have to make restitution. We have to repent. Also, you can see that God has a lot of mercy on us. If you can't offer a lamb, then you can offer up two birds. You can offer up two a、uh, young pigeon. If you can't offer up pigeon, then you at least you need to have fine flour. So God is telling us you shouldn't. Be a casual person on all these things. Why here? If someone cannot offer a lamb, then he has to offer two birds, and one is for the sin offering, and the other one for the burnt offering. It's because you know some person they will like, oh, then I can just repent because you know God will forgive me. This is His grace. You know, as long as long as I repent, God will forgive me. So today I can just curse out there. I can just be judgmental. I can just watch porn. I can just have this、um, adult. Tree. I can have this premarital sex. I can just lie. I can just greed. I can just steal. Oh, it doesn't matter because God's grace, He will just forgive me as long as I acknowledge my sin. He will forgive me. Never mind. So I can just do it today. So here is the reason why God wants us to offer two young pigeons. If you are not offering up a lamb, then you should offer two pigeons. Then who on earth will want to offer up lamb? Lamb is so expensive. If I can offer pigeon, why don't I just offer pigeon? Right. So this here, it's the meaning is that you should not tremble underfoot God's grace. You shouldn't take it lightly. You shouldn't say that oh, because of the cleansing from the precious blood, as long as I acknowledge my sin, then He can forgive me. So I can just sin as much as I want. I can just be judge as judgmental as I want. I can just allow myself to be in adultery, to lie, to steal, to curse my parents. Never mind. So here, why we need two young pigeon, one for the sin offering and the other one. For the burnt offering, it's because all the purpose of every single repentance is that we want to be pleasing to God. I don't want to have any separation from the Lord. All these small things can block the fellowship between us and God. So today, my offering is not just to、uh, fulfill some religious duty. It's not oh, if God, if you want me to、uh, acknowledge my sin, I can just repent. No, but instead, you have to do this sin offering and the burnt offering. Aside from just Forgiven your sin, you need to have a burnt offering. Is that Lord? May you forgive me today. From now, on, I will just live for your for your love. I will live for your glory. I will live for your. Sure and pleasing on me. Forgive me, for I tremble upon your grace. Forgive me, for I took it lightly. Forgive me that in the past I just live in a religion that I feel that I just want to satisfy, quote unquote, the religious duty. No, all of these offerings to restore our loving relationship with the Lord. So that's why we need to offer two young pigeons is to serve as a warning for those people saying that oh, I just don't need to offer up the lamb. I can just. Offer two young pigeons, so cheap, or maybe I can just have some fine flour. You know, God knows that there are deceit inside us. Many Christians are live in this kind of life, feeling that oh, as long as I repent, God will forgive. Then I can just keep living in the cycle of sin. But rather than trying to use the cycle of grace so that I can keep living out God's delight and His holiness and His purity in me. So here, may the Lord through chapter five can really convict us. 
today you can pray to the Holy Spirit, Lord, may you come convict me in my life, whether or not there is this kind of situation that I'm trying to shuffle out the responsibility, or I just take it lightly, I just brush it off, or maybe in my life, have I ever seen doing something that you says I cannot do, but I still do it? And even though I've been convicted, I've been forgiven, I still keep sinning and sinning. Today, guilt offering is to bring yourself in front of the Lord so that you can, through continual repentance, you can keep asking the Holy Spirit to convict you. So today you can ask God's precious blood to cleanse you. You can ask God's favor on you and have mercy on you so that you will not keep living in the cycle of sin and feeling that as long as I just repent, I can just do whatever, say whatever. You know, God don't like this kind of behavior. So may God really have mercy on us. So here in chapter five, it seems like just six small things, but they actually impact our fellowship and prayer life with the, with God. So may God really have mercy on us. All our offering is not just for the lamb or anything all these offering all these details is to try to restore my intimate fellowship with the lord so today you can pray that lord may you have convict me wait upon the lord spend some time quiet in front of the lord and ask for the conviction of the holy spirit maybe you will suddenly remember something 10 years ago or remember something recently that you are seems to be rude to others and you feel that this seems to be sin against god how can i say those things you have this regret these pain who you can just bring those things to the lord whoever acknowledge his sin god is faithful he is righteous he will cleanse our sin and cleanse all the unrighteousness on us and next in chapter 6, you will see that from verse 1 to 7, God is telling us something even more detailed, even more meticulous. And so God wants us to see if we are willing to live a life of guilt offering, and if we are willing to deal with these six small things in our life, He will deal with something even more detailed so that we can truly live out God's light in my life. So from verse 1 to 7, you can see they are talking about the same thing. Don't live in debt to others and don't try to take advantages of others. So maybe it's like, oh, in some small things to others, I'm in debt to others, but I did not deal with it. But here God says you have to deal with it. Leviticus chapter 6 is really something that we tend to neglect or overlook because all these things seem to be so small. And maybe when you are reading the verses, you might feel like, oh, I didn't deceive others. I didn't rob others, nor did I swear falsely. But in verse 4, if he has sinned and has realized his guilt and will restore what he took by robbery or what he got by oppression or the deficit that was committed to him or the lost thing that he found sometimes our authority the thing that they entrusted to us we didn't do it well all these things are called being indebted some things that other entrusted me i promised it but i didn't do it well all these things are sin or maybe today i go to buy something and i try to bargain with others i just don't want to get ripped off you know you have this kind of mindset i don't want to get ripped off so i wrong other i become in debt to others i take advantages of others or maybe during the work time i'm kind of just slacking off actually i also become in debt to my boss so here Leviticus chapter 6 is something that you should not overlook because this chapter is to teach us how can we not live in debt to others so that I can boldly come in front of the Lord and then my conscience will not be condemned. So here in verse 5, or anything about which he has sworn falsely, he shall restore it in full and shall add a fifth to it. So in the beginning, verse 1 to 7 is to tell us that whenever we become in debt to others, we take advantages of others 
Maybe I take advantages of others by like $10, so I have to make restitution of an additional one-fifth. So I not only should I restore the $10, but I need to give him additional $2. And next in verse 6, And he shall bring to the priest as his compensation to the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flock, or its equivalent for a guilt offering. So the priest also has to offer a guilt offering from the Lord. You might feel like, oh, I just take some advantage of others. Today I take advantage of $10. Not only should I restore those $10, I have to pay him additional $2. I also have to offer up a ram as a sacrifice to make atonement for me. So their families, if you really look carefully from verse 1 to 7 throughout the entire chapter 6, you will feel that all oh, the previous six small things, I can just offer up a lamb, I can offer up two pigeons, or if I don't have two pigeons, if I don't have money, at least I can offer the fine flour, but here in chapter 6, if I wronged others, if I uh, deceive others, if I take advantages of others, here, let's see how much price you have to pay. You have to return everything, and you have to add one-fifth to it, and then you have to kill a lamb. So here, it's such a huge loss. God is telling us one thing, is that whenever you wrong others, you deceive others, you take advantage of others, I want you to pay even more. So don't try to wrong or become in debt to other people, their family. Today, when we are reading chapter 6, you really can pray one thing, Lord, if inside me I become in debt to anyone, if I deceive anyone, either in my job, in my work, in my relationship, in my finance, if I really wrong others, I took advantage of others, or maybe in interpersonal interaction, monetary thing, you might feel like, oh, it's just some small money maybe just five six dollar we can just round it up but if you make other people feel that they are being wrong they feel uncomfortable they felt being taken advantage of then god will visit those sins to me or maybe today when you're having an argument with others you will just feel like, i have to win over you in my attitude i have to make you know that i am the boss of this place or maybe you have this uh argue between spouses, your parents, or your friends. You know, sometimes we really take advantages of others in terms of emotion. We take advantages of others in terms of money, in terms of time, in terms of job. Maybe we take advantages of our boss. All these things, these are in depth to others. These are sin. You have to make you have to return, you have to make restitution, additional one-fifth, and you also need to offer up a lamb to tell us that our conscience, we should not be accusable in front of God because God really cares about those things. You shouldn't take it lightly. And to, so here in chapter 5, those six things, they are small things, but in chapter 6, from verse 1 to 7, is telling us that God, He really sees things so detailed to a degree that you have to say, acknowledge that, Lord, I really can't do it. I wrong others so much, either in my language, in my attitude, in my money, in my time. I really wronged so many people. So if you are being convicted by the Holy Spirit today, you can really ask God's precious blood to cleanse me so that you can really restore, to reconcile with others and apologize to the person. Maybe you will feel that, oh, you truly will lose space for that. All oh, these are so many years ago who will care about. Maybe he has even forgotten already, but God 
never forget. So today, you are not just apologize for him, but you're actually apologize for God, so that I my conscience will not be accusable in front of the Lord, and I want to live righteously, honestly in front of the Lord. So I'm willing to do this, even if the person who you are being wrong and said, "Oh, I have forgotten already." Even I don't care about it. You shouldn't care about it. Praise the Lord. But today you can say that because of God, I want to live a life that is not accusable in front of the Lord. So you just still try to do it. Maybe this can be a huge breakthrough in your life today. And next, from verse eight to verse thirteen, in all these following verses, is telling us how can a priest to offer out the offering in front of the Lord. So we can are going to talk about this with chapter seven and chapter eight. So here we will just read verse twelve and thirteen. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it; it shall not go out. And verse thirteen, fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually; it shall not go out. So it's telling every single priest your offering is every day, every morning, every. Every night, in the morning, there should be a burnt offering. In the evening, there should be another burnt offering. What does it tell us? The first thing is to ask God to tell me, "Yes, Lord, every day Your grace is new. To help me in my offering every morning and every evening, I will know that Your love, Your delight, Your provision, Your mercy, Your grace, Your everything inside me, Your teaching is all new every day. You can keep praying to the Lord. Is to keep having His presence. To have the fire keep burning on the altar." It actually means God's presence. Do continual renewal, do continual offering, so that my inner man can keep living in God's grace. And the second very important element is that why you have to offer up in the morning and in the evening. Even you you have offer offering in the morning, but in the evening you have to do it again. Tomorrow do it again. The day after tomorrow. Do it again, and you have to do it every day, every morning, every evening. Is to tell us so that we can know that my spiritual man has to be awakened. You know, sometimes well, after we became a Christian for a long time, oh, in the past when I just is a new Christian, oh, it's such an awesome life when I just started to serve the Lord. Oh, it's so happy. Oh, in the past, whenever I have this, I provide offer up something that I start to feel so joy, and maybe attend a gathering. Oh, so awesome, so satisfied when I attend the gathering. Special conference. Oh, it's so satisfying. But how come as I serve the Lord for a longer time, I start to lose the feeling. I lose my expectation, and maybe I didn't see God's move in my life. And the joy of loving the Lord, that simple first love, it seems to be going away. What are you lacking? You are lacking the. Offering in the morning and in the evening, all your prayer and thanksgiving, your worship every morning and every evening. If you keep doing that, then your spiritual man can be awakened again. Maybe you will say that, "Oh, I have offered in the past, but today you have to continue to offer up your heart, your emotion, your thoughts, every single thing that you do. Keep praying for the salvation of our family. Keep offering up yourself in front of the Lord. Keep offering your." Your job, your money, your marriage, your kids in front of the Lord. You offer up in the morning, offer again in the evening, and you will say, "Oh, how many times I have to offer all these things? I have to pray every day. Isn't that just keep repeating the same words? It's very repetitive, very boring." But no, actually, every time when we offer ourselves, is to really lay down ourselves in front of the Lord to hand it to the Lord. Then your spiritual man will keep being awakened, and then you will have more revelation to God's grace. And today. 
I offer my family, I dedicate my family to the Lord last year, and this year I dedicate my family to the Lord again. You have a deeper revelation to God's grace. Lord, thank you for your caring over the past year. Thank you for your upbringing, for your leadership in the past year. Thank you for protection. Every time when you rededicate yourself, you are being expanding. That is the meaning that the fire on the altar shall keep burning continually and it shall not go out is this meaning is that through your peace offering through the burnt offering through the sin offering god's precious blood his provision will keep always in my family not just protecting my family but in god's provision can awaken my spiritual man my spiritual man can be can be fed can keep growing up so that i can keep understanding god's words and my prayer will have more and more authority and my life will keep growing up and that's the meaning of to have the fire on the altar to keep burning and so next we will move on to chapter 7 and chapter 8 and we will see how can a priest truly enter into god's life amen